Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. Appreciate you being with me today. It is Thursday, May 2nd, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley. And you know, every day we do the show, four to five live, Monday through Friday, and I and I make sure I want to make sure that you understand I appreciate your listening in. I do. And I hope you'll give me a call. That means that's what drives this show. You. You drive it. Whatever it is that you want, wherever financial direction you want to go, that's where we go. Most people want to talk about stocks. I understand that. But we'll go in any financial direction. Because it's your show. You drive it. And everybody, all of us are trying to achieve that financial freedom goal. Everybody. And so, whatever is interest to you. And don't think that your questions are too simplistic. They never are. Never. Because some people would love to have you and you ask that question so they can get the answer. So don't be afraid of that. Now today I'm going to do my best to help you achieve that financial freedom goal. So and again, it's you. It's up to you to drive the show where you want to go. And tomorrow will be Friday, and I'll be sharing my some some of the highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. Hopefully that'll be tomorrow, then you'll be here. Or anytime this online number is now open, 888-99-CHART. You can call and ask your questions. You can get on live. We can have a discussion if you like. On today's Invest Talk, my main talking point is prompted by the headline, The S&P 500 has demonstrated its best start in decades. Now, the problem with that is, if you remember right, we had one of the worst months ever in December of last year. So it's not surprising they have a bump up, but this is more than a bump. It's recovered all of those losses you know, that it had last year. And I think the market peaked like in September, October, and then fell, but really collapsed in December. So we're now back to where we're at those highs, and I think that's crucial. We're at a crucial point, and we're going to talk about that. That's going to be the main talking point. Corporate buybacks, more popular than ever. Did you know that? We have the companies have bought three point three trillion dollars worth of buybacks since since the beginning of two thousand and eleven. How much would the S and P market be up or down? How much without the buybacks? How much will the S P be down? There was somebody looked into that. I'm going to share those numbers with you. New a study shows Americans are confident about retirement. Their retirement. They're confident. Uh-huh. I gotta keep. We gotta talk about that. That that's a new study. Talk, they, they they surveyed thousands of Americans, and they're confident about their retirement. Hmm. Is that rational? We're we'll go over the numbers. Also, living standards. American living standards are at all time high. Living standards are at all time high. Uh, Ed Yardina did some crunching numbers. And he is feeling that the 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 income uh, stagnation of the last thirty years is not true. 
is not true because the numbers are the government numbers are all wrong how they count well we know the government counts poorly we know that so he i'll give you his arguments and you can decide for yourself but he's talking about living standards he's not talking about actual income okay so it's very interesting it's interesting how the statistics are compiled and why he says why they are skewed wrong interesting stuff i think the market was down 122 points on the Dow today, down 13 points on the Nasdaq, and down six points on the S&P. I noticed the last couple of days a pattern. Up, the market's up in the morning, and then they give it all back by the day. Uh, today, that was down almost, it was over 200 points, and it was down bigger than it ended up at the day. It came, it came back a little bit at the end of the day. Um, so, we're, we're seeing more volatility, intraday volatility, and I think that's going to continue. Uh, I mentioned that we would see that probably starting this 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 summer. Uh, we're going to see more volatility, and it usually starts in May and June. And uh, don't be surprised you'll see weakness in June, July in the market. Don't be surprised about it. But I also don't think the market's set for a bear market or anything like that. I just think we're getting overdue for a correction. That's all. That's all. Anyways, that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, but you drive the show, not me. You do. So some of the market news today. Did you see um, what we? Some of the they had a flood of economic news coming out this week. Okay, a flood of it. Um, and we're seeing some of the results of the tax cuts and the lower regulation filtered into the economy. We're seeing the results here. So. The good news, some of the good news, strong, we've had strong great, strong growth, GDP growth, better than anybody expected for the first quarter. Greater productivity, they came out. Very low inflation, low unemployment. Wages are rising slowly. The Fed is, is on a pause. Home mortgage rates are at a very low 30-year fix of 4.1%. And the markets are, you know, doing pretty good. Those are all good news. So, you can't really complain. Uh, and even the earnings, you know, the earnings report, we're coming to the end of the earnings season for the first quarter, you know, first quarter earnings, and we're seeing it. And they were up 1.8% from the year ago. They were expected to be down about 2% from a year ago. That was the expectations. So, if this bull market continues, in other words, if we still continue up, and we get to the summertime, that'll be the longest bull market in history. Now, I'm not sure we're going to have that happen, but if we do, there's no reason why it shouldn't happen other than uh, greed and fear taking over. Fear could take over here. Uh, I think that's a real possibility. Greed could too, but I think greed has been in charge for long enough. So we'll see. So, you can't, you know, the thing that everybody's ignoring, everybody's ignoring it, is our $22 trillion debt. No one cares anymore. It's not reported in the news. Politicians don't talk about it. No one talks about it. They're talking about, well, we'll spend some, we'll send a couple of trillion dollars on infrastructure spending. Well, well how are you going to pay for that? You know, we haven't figured that out. Governments don't pay for things. You and I pay for things. Someone's got to pay this debt. Where do you think that's going to come from? 
eventually, at some point, it's going to have to come from us. One form or another. It's going to, we're going to be the payers of that. So, no one's talking about it. No one. Do you know who Mondelez is? Mondelez International? They make, they're the maker of Oreos, Ritz crackers, wheat thins. You know, they have the Nabisco subsidy. The Nabisco is theirs. Mondelez. Mondelez sales income has gone from 40, 40, let's see, 40 billion annually to 25 billion in the last three years. People eat less cookies and crackers and snacks. That's what that's telling you. So, they're going to make good money. They're going to make 61 cents, six, 65 cents. Uh, 65 cents uh, they made this last quarter. They're expecting to make 61 cents. So they're still making money, but their overall sales have, has fallen. They're they're leaning on uh, emerging markets. By the way, do you know how old the Oreo cookie brand is when it was first made? And it was called something else then. It was called Oreo Biscuits. 1912. 1912. Hmm, that's a long time, isn't it? You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have returned from my trip from yesterday to San Jose. It was very productive. I enjoyed talking to people. I had an opportunity to sit down with not only a couple of clients, but also some new people. And, you know, they took advantage of the no cost. Uh, individualized portfolio review that I do. I am going to be back up there in June. I'll be up there in June. So, uh, you know, I've already set a date. I don't think we've advertised it yet, but we will hear shortly. So if you want to give me a call, now it's time to call. You're listening to Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278. We're taking live questions right now. It's a new month. The market is humming. Steve is back from his San Jose portfolio review appointments, and he's here now and ready to provide his unbiased investing guidance. So step up with your questions by calling 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. My name is Bill. I'm calling from the Jersey Shore. Listen to the program almost every day on podcasts. And uh, you guys do a great job. Thank you for taking my call. I'm interested in an index fund, UFO. It has a lot of blue chip companies in it related to the space industry. It's gone for around 25, close to 26. And it has a $26. has a... 0.75 expense ratio. I was wondering what you were thinking about it. You could look it up. Thank you. The symbol, symbol is UFO. It's an ETF, okay? Exchange-traded fund seeking investment results corresponding to the uh, S-Network Space Index, okay? Um, I have to look and see. You tell me there's full of blue chips, and I don't doubt you. I'm just saying I don't know what's inside it, but I would have to see that. It is a very new IPO uh, ETF. Uh, my one of my concerns would be, and, um, and there's so many new ITFs coming out. One of my concerns is a lack of volume, trading volume. Um, this one is about you know 18,900 shares a day. 
okay, and it's a $25 stock. So the lack of volume could be a real problem when in a, in a liquidity liquidity trap. If you wanted to get out of it quickly and everybody else wanted to get out of it quickly at the same time, the stock would take a huge dump. Okay, so it would be yeah, the ETF would take a huge dump uh, because of the just because of supply and demand uh, metrics. So that would be my biggest concern. I, I worry about ETFs that are too illiquid, and this one is pretty illiquid. Now, as far as how good it is, uh, we'd have to, I'd have to take a closer look. It's so new, I don't really know, and I haven't really looked up anything about it. Okay, appreciate the call, though. Thank you. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. Wants to talk about our growing national debt. How you doing, Gene? Thanks for taking my call. You were just talking about this topic. I just wanted to give you my two cents about this. Um, sure. I think that the reason why no one talks about it or no one seems to care is that uh, as long as as long as the U.S. can service their debt and it's a it's at a low interest rate, it, no one seems to complain. That's right. That's right. And I, reason, I agree with you. And the reason why they can service it. You know the the rate is so low, and it remains that way. Is that the our bonds are the U.S. bonds are in so high demand because no one else in the developed world has um, a more strong, stronger currency or is doing any better than us. So as long as they can attract yeah, more do... investments in our bonds, it keeps our bonds uh, price low. Then the servicing the debt is isn't any problem. And when it starts creeping up, I think that's when people start complaining. Well, I, I, I agree with you to the effect that uh, no one's worried about it because our interest rates are low and our economy is strong. We have full employment and our dollar is strong because of it. All that is all true. No one worries about a debt, worried about any debt, you know, as long as everything's good. Everything's problem is, is we have a $20 trillion economy and we now have a $22 trillion debt and that doesn't count all the other unfunded liabilities that we have that are another uh, estimated another 20 trillion so we have all the all the sides of our our economy one full year would have to pay for the debt hundred percent so I'd like to put that in context what if you had a salary of a hundred thousand and you had a hundred thousand debt well you could probably service it but if it's continually to grow, how long is that going to work? And that's what we're doing. We're letting it continue to grow. And what happens when the economy does turn down? It will someday. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I appreciate you being with me. Uh, my number is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The second quarter is well underway, and now more than ever, you want measured, accurate, and straightforward investing guidance, right? Of course you do, because it's what you'll need to achieve financial freedom. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to Emika in Cincinnati. How you doing, Emika? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for the advice and the knowledge uh, from you and Justin. I do have a question. You always speak about volume of a stock. How do I know mm -hmm. if the stock is high or low, depending on the volume? Okay. Um, unfortunately, I have data that I buy. Um, and you can check out the average daily volume. And they have it on the websites. They have it on, I think, MarketWatch. Dot com and Yahoo Finance. I don't know if MSM Money has it, but they show you what the average volume of the stock is on a day-to-day -day basis. So then that you can only. It doesn't matter if there's a lot of volume. That that's what is a lot of volume. Well, you know, it depends on the stock. If it's a small cap stock, a hundred thousand shares traded on a day is could be a lot. Microsoft. For instance, you know, a huge company, right? Trillion dollar company. And their volume is 94 million dollars, 94 million shares a day. So you would never have a problem getting out. And that's really what you're worried about. It's not getting in, getting out if you want to get out. Um, so um, for you as an individual and you have a regular size uh, uh, account, usually volume is not a problem. As long as there's about 50,000, 100,000 shares traded a day, you can get out. But the ETF I was just talking about with only 18,000 shares a day, if you have to sell you know, 500 shares of yours, it, you, would, you probably could affect the price because of supply and demand. There's not enough buyers out there because not enough traders. So that's why I worry about volume. Uh, just to make sure there's enough. And not getting in, it's the getting out part down the road. What happens also, as, as stocks go down and the market corrects or goes into a bear market, volume dries up. It will either dry up on certain stocks and blow up on others. In other words, it gets very erratic on you. Okay, so... So you're not, you know, you're, you're getting out price could be very much affected by the lack of volume. So just be careful. That's all. Just make sure the stock has enough volume. All the well-known names will. You don't have to worry about those. It's only those small companies or brand new ETFs or brand new IPOs. Those guys don't have, may not have the volume. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Good question. My main talking point today is prompted by the headlines, S&P 500. Has, uh, has his best start in 30 years or so. So is that a problem? Nah. But you got to remember, it's only best start this year in the year because the market bottomed right at the end of December. And we had the worst December in 30 years. Some really bad, I mean, really long time ago. So, you know, it's only offsetting that, that, that move. But the more important part is not where it came from, it's where it's going. You don't look at the, you don't invest in the rearview mirror. Where is it going? And right now, if you were in the class at this morning on Invest Talk Academy, I was talking about the resistance level on all the main indexes: S&P 500, the Nasdaq, the Dow. They all Nasdaq broke that broke all-time highs. SP did it on intraday, and now we're all of a sudden this two days this week. Just as it broke through the noise, they've fallen fallen off a little bit. This is resistance. What you need to do is break through those highs that made last year and stay above it for a week or two. And then they, we might have another run up because, you know, you'll be a momentum. It'll be enough of momentum pushing up because we have momentum now. 
So the next couple, three weeks are going to be important to see if the market can break through. Remember, earnings now, we're pretty much through our earnings season. We're still going to get some the next week or two, but most of the earnings are out. So that's not going to be a catalyst because the earnings were very good. Helped It helped being a catalyst. So now we're just going to see what the market does on its own. Hmm. Unless we have an agreement with China, which will be very bullish, right? I mean, in the long run, that's bullish. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I want you to know we're going to see, because we're hitting resistance numbers, we're going to see more volatility. It's that simple. So expect it. Okay? So that's our main talking point today. Here's a quick bonus story, by the way. You're talking about legalizing pot, and there's already a couple of, it's already a big business, right? We know that. You know, the, the largest canopy grow company is CGC. Okay, that's the symbol. CGC. The problem they have is they don't make any money. It's called Canopy Growth Corporation. They're still losing money, but they're the largest. They're $10, $11 billion in size. Uh, they're in 16 different countries. So it's the biggest biggest producer out there. They just took in $4 billion cash investment by Constellation Brands. Why would Constellation Brands get in? You know you're going to have cannabis in your beer. You're going to have cannabis in cookies. You're going to be, there's going to be, you know, if it's legal, it's going to be there. So they just bought a, a German company too. So keep an eye on the news. I still wouldn't buy it because it, sales might be growing very nicely and everything. But until they make profits, I'm not really interested. And this is an IPO last June. So, I'm Steve Peasley. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, layoffs in the auto sector are rising as vehicle sales slump a little bit to a four-year low. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. That's what the story's going to be. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready for your questions at 888-99-CHART. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The Active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action. With the Active 401k program, KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. 
This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Dash in Fremont, Fremont, California. How are you doing, Dash? Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my question. You're welcome. Hi. Um, I have a question regarding ticker QCOM, Qualcomm. Um, okay. Looks like this, uh-huh. I think they lost to Apple and the stock is up like 40 percent in a couple of weeks. I'm thinking if it's yep. a good uh, time to go long in this stock or... Um, what's your take on to go long to buy it to buy it yeah I, I would not buy it after this huge move it's made uh, it went from 57 in one day up to 70 the next day it was at 80 and now it's at 87 in what two weeks so it's made that huge move and now and it was good news because Apple settled and had to pay them big bucks and then Apple's going to buy their chips too so it was really good news for Qualcomm really good news but all that good news has already been built into the stock price. So everybody knows the good news. So everybody who wants it has already bought it and they bid the price up. And I'm afraid that any, you, you're a little late to the party. But Dash, if you want to own Qualcomm, I like Qualcomm. Qualcomm's a very big company, $105 billion company. And you know they have really good numbers and their numbers are going to continue to be pretty good. So you though wait for a pullback. You don't buy it at the top. It's now expensive. I mean, the PE now is at 22, and its five-year range is 11 to 23. So it's right at the top. You need to wait and be a little bit patient and buy it when buy it when no one else is talking about it anymore. They don't like it. That's when you buy it. Okay, you don't buy it here after it's been in the news and everybody loves it. Appreciate the call, Badash. Thank you. 888-99 chart. Great company, everybody. Don't give me... Don't, see, buying companies, buying stocks is, you know, it's really not that hard. What you want to do is you want to buy them when they're on sale. Really? Try to find those companies that are on sale. Not those companies that have already had huge runs up and you're hoping that they're going to have huge more run up. Do you think Qualcomm will go up another 30 40%? No. Not not this year, not probably next year. You know, it could be several years before it does that. You know, so that's that's really the issue. Or it might if it pulls down, then it might go back up that much. But not from this point. Okay. Eight 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 ninety nine chart corporate buybacks. They are more popular than ever. Thirty three trillion dollars net purchases of corporate buybacks starting in the beginning of two thousand eleven to date. Thirty three I'm sorry, 3.3 trillion, not 33, 3.3 trillion. That's a ton of money, right? So what if it wasn't, what if they didn't buy back? How much How much lower would the S&P be? It would be down about 19% from where it is today. Okay, that's what it would be. But that's really not a fair, right? Because if they didn't take the cash and buy their stock back, what would they do with the cash? Would they improve their of efficiency? Would they buy uh, a competitor? And wouldn't that add to the value? So you really can't do it that way in, in a vacuum. Some, they would do something with that cash. They paid in a dividend? Maybe they would do that. 
So you can't just say, well, what if they didn't have the buybacks? Uh, so that you have to be more realistic. Let's say they just took it and put it in a dividend, gave it to the, every stockholder in the form of a dividend. Well, the S&P would be down about uh, 10% from where it is. But you would have money in your pocket, wouldn't you? So it would be your results, your individual results with that money. So it's just a hard stat to really wrap your head around and say, what would it be without the buybacks? Because you hear a lot of people saying, well, the buybacks is what driving the market. Yeah, that drives the market. Well, to some extent, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. But it's probably not as dramatic as you think, even though it's a lot of money, $3.3 trillion. But the question, for if you were a CEO of a company and you had lots of extra cash on your books, what would you do with it? That's really what the CEO has to answer. What's the best use of this money? And a lot of them say, well, the, get the best return for my shareholders, which I am one of them. That's a CEO. They usually are. Um, I will do stock buybacks. Or I will open up a factory. Or I'll buy a competitor out. Or I'll buy, you know, build, buy, build, invest, do something with the money. You do something. And that's what the point is. They would do something with that money anyways. And they try to do the best they can because, yeah, they also are the, for the stockholders. You know, I know everybody says, remember, these corporations are not out here to benefit society as a whole. That's not, that's not what they're formed. They're formed to benefit their stockholders, the owners of the company. Anyways, this is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you are making the right choices with the money in your 401k. I hope so. Candidly speaking, unless you have a lot of time, it's kind of hard to do. It's really hard to know what you're supposed to buy. Which of those funds of choices that you have should you invest? And then you got to figure out, well, what's, how much risk do I want to take? And can I reduce the risk? And how much risk is this fund versus that fund? you got all those things to decide. We can help you with that. We call that the Active 401k program at investtalk.com. You call finance. You, you can give us a call. You can go take a look at it at our website. Uh, but it will help you manage your 401k, and it's all math based. It's all you know, we mathematical systems based to try to benefit you and try to make help you grow your money. I'm live right now. You can give me a call and ask any questions you want about finances. The number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. As an investor, you've seen the volatility of the market. Lows in December, and now at or near all-time highs since the start of 2019. To prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing an effective master design. A deliberate plan formulated with the right mix of strategic investing programs, KPP Financial offers such a diverse set of programs, and you can contact Steve or Justin at their offices in Irvine, California to start a conversation. You can also quickly see what you may be missing anytime when you visit investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jay in Fremont. How you doing, Jay? 
Hi, Steve. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Steve, I have a question on ticker IRM, Iron Mountain. It pays good dividend and the stock yes. has gone down a lot lately. So I want to know if it's a good buy. Thank you. Okay. Iron Mountain Inc. Uh, they provide uh, records management, data protection, and information destruction services. I kind of like that area. I really kind of like it. Uh, data protect records management, data protection, and information destruction services. It's a $9 billion company, so it's not small. It's big. Does about a billion dollars, a little over a billion dollars a, um, a quarter, and it's growing their sales between 1% and 10% per quarter. So uh, earnings are going to be $2.48, and that's growing, growing about 4 or 5% per year. So it's a good, solid company. I mean, it's been doing this for a while. Uh, so your thinking is correct, Jay, and it's fallen now from $36 down to $31.54, probably because earnings was a disappointment uh, because it fell from 36 down to 32 in just one day, and that probably is their earnings. And so you want to look at the earnings reports and see if it's a kind of a one-time thing or they disappointed by a penny and, you know, whatever it is, something small. And if that is, it's oversold. This would be probably a good buy point between $30 and $31. So it's at $31.54. $30 is a very strong support. And why would you buy it? Because it pays a 7.7% dividend. So it's a huge dividend payer. Can it afford that dividend? Well, it's going to make $2.46. It's a $31 stock. 7% of 31 is $2.10. So it's paying a big chunk of its dividend, but it can't afford the dividend. So a big chunk of its earnings in the form of dividends. What it's doing is paying more than it probably should, but it can't afford it. The, I see a little red flag, and the debt seems to be really high. I check out that debt. They have really high cash flow, though maybe the debt's not a problem. Why do they have such high debt, though? But other than that, you know, you want to buy this stock when it's in the $30, $31 range. I think that's the time to buy it. But you're buying it because you like that dividend. Because the growth is there, but it's just not strong growth, which is good. I mean, that's not a problem. Okay. So I think it's a pretty good company, Jade. It's getting close to a buy point. Okay. Appreciate it. IRM was a symbol. Iron Mountain Inc. is the name of the company. So, a new study shows Americans are confident about their retirement. 82% are confident about their retirement. 82% are confident about their retirement. I'm repeating it on purpose because it just strikes me as odd. 67% say they have enough money. Well, that strikes me as odd, too. Come on. Why? Because 40% of the people they surveyed, remember, 82% are confident about retirement, but 40% of them have less than $25,000 saved for retirement or saved, period. 9% have 25 to 49, 9% between 50 and 99. So 58% have less than $100,000, and yet, 82% of those people surveyed are confident. And 67 say they have plenty of money. Are they, they, they got, this is delusional. <laughs> How can you have less than $100,000 for your retirement and yet be confident in your retirement? I, I don't get that. I, I'm sorry. 
Baby boomers, on average, by the way, have 152,000. Generation X has 66,000. Okay, I'm a baby boomer. You're telling me the baby boomer has $152,000. Baby boomers are what, age 60 to 70? You have $152,000, and you're confident about retirement? I would like to see if, what, if they asked just the baby boomers what they would say about that. That is not enough money, people. Not enough money. You know, personally, if you're, you want to have a million dollars. Personally, that's what I think you should have. Then you could be confident, <laughs> okay? You can be confident with that kind of number. But, you know, it also depends. If you were, if you had a million dollars and you live in Silicon Valley, that may not be enough money, <laughs> Because you're, you know, unless you have no mortgage, but you're paying, you're paying probably fifteen to twenty thousand dollars property tax alone on a very modest house, because a very modest house in 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 San Jose is a million and a half, million two, million five, somewhere in there. So. <laughs> you know, if you live in Kansas City, your standard of living is vastly different. So I just found it fascinating about people are confident with having so little money. That just strikes me as crazy. It's just not, can't, it's not, it's not realistic. Okay, let's go to uh, John in San Jose. How you doing, John? Hi, Steve, long-time listener. A friend of mine retired in Idaho, paid cash for a home, called me up, said it's still... Uh, about 2300 a month. He has no property tax because he's in Idaho. It's just next to nothing. No bills, no car right. payment, no credit cards, and it's still 2300 a month. Um, I called you about uh, AUY, Yamana Gold. Uh, first question, what do you yes. think about it? Is It's pretty low now. It's $2.05. And do you think we'll ever go back to the gold standard? I don't think we'll ever go back to gold standard because we have too much debt. <laughs> And there's too much too much dollars floating around. I don't think we can go back to the gold standard. I don't think I, I actually think we should go back to something back in the dollar. I do think maybe a, a, maybe maybe a basket of precious metals and something you know or a combination of things. There you go. I think I, I, I you know uh, something to keep our money from inflating over the years. You know good. that would be okay. I think be good. Good. smart. Yamada Gold. Yamada Gold, uh, it's now back to the lows it had back in November, December. Uh, it was down 5% today. Of course, what happens when it's a $2.05 stock, I mean, it goes down a nickel. That's a lot, percentage-wise, right? I mean, so you're going to have some Correct. pretty strong volatility. There are, they, they have been making money for years. They're still going to make money. They're going to make $0.11 cents a share. It's a pretty small company, $1.9 billion. And... Uh, it is all about the dollar, John. If you keep an eyeball on the dollar, you you will be able to tell if if the gold is going to move up. I think I think it is a buy point. Personally, I think it would be smart to put on a defensive kind of play, and Yamada Gold would be that type of play. Okay, at this time of the Good. year, I, I bought a uh, whole bunch. <laughs> Today. <laughs> okay. Well, so I, I, I mean, I would not buy more than maybe five or 
maybe 8% of your portfolio in a gold area, you know, uh, no more than 3% any one stock is my rule. But you could buy GDX, which is gold mining companies, you know, an ETF. So you can protect yourself against the fall, because I think if we get a fall in the market, the dollar will probably weaken and the gold will probably recover, you know, go up. So that's the thinking. Appreciate the call, John. Thank you. AUY is the symbol of that stock. This is the best talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that's to help you get to that finish line called financial freedom. And our work continues for this right after this break. So get your questions in. 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, layoffs in the auto sector are rising as vehicle sales slump to a four-year low. Could this spell trouble for the overall economy? That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is George out here in Rhode Island. Um, I have a question on a stock I've been holding. I bought it at $3 a share. It did a reverse split and went to $9 a share. And it's currently at $35 a share. The ticker symbol is SNV. It's Synovus. It's a small bank. It pays a pretty good dividend. And I'm wondering if I should buy some more at this point. I appreciate all you do and I enjoy your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I can tell you it's inexpensive. It's a, a Synovus Financial, SNV, headquarters in Columbus, Georgia, holding company with 28 first and second tier banking subsidies operating via 250 offices. They're going to make $4.04 this year and $4.19 next year. That's net earnings. And sales are growing between this last quarter. Sales jumped up 54%. That's a huge, that's the biggest it's been years, one 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 quarter they've been right they've been sales have been growing and i think uh it's a 5.8 billion i do think this is a buy point this area 36 dollars 62 cents i do it was higher is that 56 dollars a year ago and so it got as low as about 31 dollars it came up to 38 pulled back a little bit so it's not it's back and filling right for, for since the beginning of the year so the value is there, and it pays a 3.3% dividend. Return on equity is pretty good at 15%. PE is what? It's going to be 9, and a five-year range is 8 to 21. The cash flow is very strong. The dividend is pretty safe. I, I, think, I, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, it's solid value play. That's what this is. Good value stocks. You know, it's not a growth stock, but it's a value stock, and they make good money and pay good dividends. So I kind of like it. Okay, um, American Living Standards. According to Ed Yardina, he says that American Living Standards is at an all-time high. Now, that seems contradictory when when the last 20, 30 years, everybody's complaining how the wage growth has not kept up with uh, with inflation, has not kept up with all kinds of things, right? Well, he says, take a look at the how they figure that all out. They're looking at census data. And he says, and the census data is, is not, the numbers are not, the absolute numbers are not wrong, 
but how you compile them is wrong. One of the reasons is that census data is just a survey. It's not real numbers. You're asking the survey, the household, how much money they make, uh, how many of the uh, in the household are income earners, and of course they're going to underreport. That's what he says. And he says that most of the stats that people quote are from that every census survey that comes out every 10 years. He also says it gets it's skewed because there's more and more single-person households than there ever was, and it's been growing for the last 30 years. And if you had a household with two income earners and it goes to one, for instance, the baby boomers, single, you know, one of the, the males die off, which, you know, so he says, from both ends, young people are not getting married, waiting years and years, and old people, there's a lot of them, and they, many of them have a lot of single households, and that skews the data as well. And he's talking about standards of livings have improved because over those same 30 years, tax benefits for the poor have grown. People with low income have gotten better and better tax benefits. For instance, you know, even the recent Bush tax cut, they increased the deduction to the first 24000 bucks in a household, you don't have to pay any taxes, income, federal income tax on. So he says, you know, th- therefore, the disposable income in the house is higher. And therefore, living standards are much better than everybody thinks they are. That's what Ed Yardina. Now, I just, you know, put in a little capsule of what he's talking about, you know. He he has a lot more uh, evidence and documents and stats to back himself up. But this goes to show, you know, anybody can make statistics almost say anything you need them to say. That's how I look at it. And whether he's right or wrong, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying, yeah, you can play with numbers. Everybody does. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another Invest Talk program, everybody. And I thank you for for listening and calling and all your questions. Please come back tomorrow. I will be here, and we'll give you some highlights on the KPP Premium Newsletter then. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.